rants. Life and motherhood uncensored. Welcome back to Mama Rants with Elle and Allie. And we are joined once again by Mel from our mini episode one. Welcome, Mel. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back with us. Now, we do want to give a little warning for the listeners today. This episode will heavily deal with loss of a child. So please, if this is a trigger for you, turn this off and come join us next week for a more upbeat ranting session. Mel, how's your week been? (laughs) Trucking along? Yeah, just plugging and trucking. (laughs) Have you been, Allie? Doing, definitely doing the same thing over here. You know, just making it to the next day. What about you? I got a sick baby at home. No. A sick baby oh. and Say no my more. little poor <laughs> poor tyke is uh, trucking along and trying to be in good spirits, but it's like two seconds flat and he's poltergeist. So. <laughs> One of the topics that people don't like to talk about a lot is loss because for me, as someone that has never had a miscarriage or lost a child, I never know what to say. And I know that you two have experienced this tragedy and Allie thought, you know, there are so many people that don't know what to say. So why don't we help them out with this tough topic? Definitely. And I think um, what was important uh, for me um, was just talking about it um, and you know, you're grieving yourself and you're feeling, um, all types of emotions. And then you have your friends and your family around you who may not know how to respond or, or never experience that, thankfully, um, but may not know what to say or how to say it or how to be there without, you know, sounding or, or sounding bad or, or sounding like they, you know, are uneducated or just, you know, they, want so badly to be there, but are just so unsure. Um, yes, you, you want to be supportive, but you also don't want to be the person that throws you into a black hole. And I, I feel like there's not a lot of education out there for people to help those that have experienced this. I also feel like it's not talked about. Because everyone wants to hide their pregnancy until, you know, week 12, first trimester, you're out of the clear. Doesn't necessarily mean you're out of the clear, but um, it's, you know, why aren't we telling people? It's like, it's almost like you have to keep this secret. And then if it happens, you know, if you have a miscarriage, it's people don't talk about it. And so you feel completely alone. (laughs) I was the opposite. Um, I'm not sure why, but I, my in-laws and my mom found out that I was pregnant literally the day I found out. And I told my best friends within uh, about a week because I knew that my chances for miscarriage were extremely high. And I wanted people around me in case it happened. So I just kind of involved as many people as I could. And, you know, I was really anxious during that time because I was going to a lot of appointments. They had me go to appointments once and twice a week for the first trimester. Mm-hmm. Um, it's life. So I, I was a little bit of an opposite. So um, Mel, why don't you take us through your experience and then Allie can uh, round us out and then we'll talk about 
what's beneficial and what isn't when people are trying to comfort you and be there. Mm-hmm. So our journey started pretty much right after we got married. We got pregnant probably a month later. Um, and I had all the, you know, had the positive pregnancy test. I was still going through nursing school, freaking out. <laughs> I didn't even have a job, <laughs> but we were so excited. I mean, this was always the plan to start a family right away. Cause we'd been together for so long. Um, but prior, um, being a mom is something that I've always wanted to be, you know, just hands down. If I could be anything in life, I was going to be a mom. So, um, got pregnant and, um, then COVID hit. So COVID hit and I stayed home most of the day, sleeping on the couch, extremely tired, um, nauseated, crying emotion, just everywhere. I cried at Toy Story. (laughs) I bawled at Toy Story 4 and, you know, all the pregnancy symptoms, um, went for my first appointment. We were super excited. They actually didn't do an ultrasound during my first appointment, but we went, I ended up changing OBs to, um, someone else that was at a better hospital that I liked. Um, so went to a different OB and he did a first ultrasound and he said, I don't see a heartbeat. Um, this could be a miscarriage or, you know, what, uh, going on and on about a miscarriage. And I'm like, what? I've never heard of this, you know, and he's just blabbing this all out and I just don't even know how to process it. So I found myself on Google after the appointment, just shocked and reading on Google because it wasn't explained to me that you can have a miscarriage even whilst technically be pregnant. Yeah. So he, that is a failure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of the I mean, I, position. he was, he was awful. So I, um, had to go back a week later. Um, the most, the heart, most heart wrenching week of just the wait period had to go back a week later, still no cardiac activity. And they're talking to me about, um, you know, trying to figure out how to get rid of this fetus that's inside of me. And I'm not ready. I still, I feel pregnant. I'm still pregnant. You know, I literally walked into that doctor's office and they're like, Oh, your mm-hmm. pregnancy test is positive. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm literally here for miscarriage but thank you for letting me know um so it was it was so it was horrible I mean there's no good way to have a miscarriage but to still have none of the symptoms and being told that you're having a miscarriage was something that I couldn't process it was hard to process um so went back another week later and at this point they were you know um they did a final ultrasound and every single time the you know the past two times that I've last two times I found out or had the ultrasounds, I cried each time. Um, and I remember sitting there with the doctor, just asking her about like the chances of their becoming a heartbeat. And she's like, if you're asking me if I'm religious, yes, I'm religious, but I am also, I believe in miracles, but like, I am also medicine. So I'm, I'm here to tell you that, you know, if you wait any longer, you can go septic if we don't get this baby out. So they gave me an option of taking a pill and um, aborting the pregnancy or having surgery at DNC. And that's what I opted for. So went in the next day for a DNC at the hospital alone. My husband dropped me off at the door because of COVID. 
Oh, no. Yes. So COVID, he wasn't allowed to go in with me, dropped me off at the door, um, picked me up at the door after it was done. And in the hospital, I remember nobody acknowledged that I, I, what I was there for. Nobody. The only person that ever acknowledged me was the anesthesiologist. And he looked at me and just said, I'm sorry, because me and my wife just went through something like this. And I know how hard it is. And I just started bawling. Like it was just no one wanted to talk to me. Not even like, I'm sorry. You know, just a little comforting. I'm alone. And I'm here because I'm having a miscarriage. Yeah, (laughs) you know, speak to me like I'm a human. Um, So anyways, so had that miscarriage, we tried again for gosh, another seven months. And then in July, I got um, a positive pregnancy test. And then the next day I ended up bleeding. Um, But they said it was most likely a chemical pregnancy. So then I had another miscarriage. Um, It's really confusing, though, because you're like, I have a positive pregnancy test. Why am I bleeding? You know, and then I took one again, and it was negative. Mm So I, I don't know, maybe it was like a false positive. So then I went to a fertility specialist after that. Um, and I went through all of the tests, uh, for months on end. It was horrible, just ultrasounds and, and, you know, endometrial biopsies. And they would do a saline sauna where they inject saline into your uterus and then snap a picture. And none of these things were comfortable. You know, and then you're just like, I'm hoping that there's an answer. Blood work. You know, my husband had to get tested and everything. So ended up finding that I had a uterine septum, which is a piece of cartilage that comes down in the middle of your uterus. So it makes your uterus heart shaped. So a lot of they're thinking that if something were to implant into my uterus, it's implanting to that septum where there's no nutrition for the fetus to grow. So then it just is turns into a miscarriage and people with septums are at higher risk for preterm labor because then the baby grows and there's not, you know, a lot of place for it to grow because of the septum. So either way, I pretty much had to get it removed. But in the case that we got pregnant again and I had a miracle baby and I didn't have surgery, that would be amazing. So we we stopped. Uh, we prevented pregnancy um, for an entire month before my procedure. Um, it was the month prior I had uh, my period. And, <laughs> and I don't know if I should go this far into detail, but we accidentally got we accidentally got pregnant the month before my surgery, not even during an ovulation window. It was after my period, like the the day after my period. So it was just, it was bizarre. Um, I don't know why I I wanted to take a pregnancy test, but it was the day before my surgery. And I was like, I just want to take one. You know, I know we have, you know, there's no possible way, but you know, for whatever reason, and God just blesses us, I'm just going to take one just to know that I'm not pregnant. Sure enough, it was positive. And I was just, I was shaking. I was so excited. I was like, I I don't have to have surgery. You know, this is another chance for us. I was excited. My husband was the complete opposite. He was, was very nervous. He's like, you didn't have the surgery. And so he was very, he was riding on the line of caution um, the entire time. So I called and canceled my surgery. And I went to the fertility specialist. They drew my blood work. Um, and... Then I got my results 
they called um, the next day and said that my HCG levels were very low. Um, so we need to repeat it to see if they're going in the right direction. So had the blood work retested, felt like days for this blood work to come back, but it was literally just that night. I woke up in the morning and the results had loaded. Um, and I looked at results and the HCG number was lower. So right then and there, I knew that I was miscarrying. So at this point, I did not tell anyone because from my previous experiences, it was very, um, you know, it was very not awkward, but uh, awkward's not the right word. But, you know, it was hard for people to find the right words to comfort someone. Um, so and I, I remember someone saying to me once that we should wait until the first trimester is over. So I felt that, OK, well, that's that's probably what I should do. Why do you feel like they said that? Because I honestly, I don't know why. And I will never understand why people say to wait for, till the first trimester to tell anyone. Like I get like social media and you don't want to have to tell everyone about your miscarriage after you've just announced it. I get that part of it, but telling your family is different. So I don't know why I took this advice because I called my dad that morning that I found out bawling my eyes out. I told him to come over right away and he did. And I told him I was having a miscarriage. He didn't even know I was pregnant. So I called him over just to tell him this bad news where me and my husband celebrated a couple days earlier and were super excited and had all, all the joyful emotions. So I didn't get that. I didn't get to experience that with my dad. You know, like it was just, mm -hmm. they're going to be there anyways. Your family is going to be the one that you're going to go to, to lean on for support anyways. So why does it matter if they know? Because they're, they're going to know if you have a miscarriage, because what are you supposed to go through this alone? That's a great, great point. I mean, is that what society wants you to think? And, and why is that just to push, uncomfortableness for probably. other people away because it's not going to change how you feel probably and it's not it's not looking for pity you know I don't want anyone's pity I just want you know and it was really hard like during the first one um I felt alone I felt that this was uh like I don't know how to explain it it was I felt alone in that like everyone else was pregnant Everyone else is having babies and I just lost mine and then I can't get pregnant. And so I felt like I was the only one going through this. But, you know, one in four people have a miscarriage. So then I had the miscarriage um, for the third time, third miscarriage. I knew I, I hadn't started bleeding yet, but I knew it was coming. But I was actually at work when I started bleeding, working a 12-hour shift. And I didn't leave work. I worked right through it just because I didn't want to go home, you know, and it was just like a period. So I don't know if they would consider that a chemical pregnancy too. probably like your HCG levels go up, but then just go back down. Um, what well, doesn't change the of it. emotional attachment that you have or the reality that you had a child inside of you growing? Yeah. I'll say I always hated the response like, oh, you were early. So like it matter or like you don't like oh thank goodness like thank goodness you were early and I'm like yes I was but at the end of the day I was pregnant and I did I did lose a baby that I was you know so and I was only pregnant for a week when I, I found out and 
I found out what like I'd already missed my period I found out and I you know lost it a week later and I you know that week was so exciting for me like I was you know it was me and my husband and we were so excited and my mom had come up and we were so excited to tell her I miscarried the day after but even just in that short time span you feel like wow like my life is changing like this is so exciting and then so quickly it's taken away and that and then just that was when you know the things flooded in like you know thank you or that was at least you were early or it was it was wasn't meant to be or oh that's the worst one (laughs) and right or it wasn't the right time or and like okay I hear what you're saying you know but like it's not helping It, it makes me feel like shit like I want you to say I love you and I'm so here for you you know I'm sorry. I'm, I'm one of these people that didn't know. And most of the time I I would just tell my friends, I'm sorry. And I love you. And maybe it was the really bad response, but I send food because I'm an emotional eater Mm -hmm. and food makes me feel better. Oh, absolutely. I have in my phone, the days that my friends, you know, angel babies had, passed on. And sometimes I don't know if I should reach out and just say, normally I I reach out and I just say, I'm thinking of you today. And I don't know if that's appropriate or am I hurting them further? I think it's appropriate because they're probably thinking the same thing that, you know, I remember, you know, I knew my due dates. I was pregnant with my first one for almost 10 weeks. And so for 10 weeks, I'm sitting there planning my life. And every November, this comes around and I think, oh, my baby would be one. My baby would be two. You know, so it's like in my head, mm-hmm. I have a, you know, even though that might be, not be the day that they were actually born on, but like that would, that's a birthday for me. And I think about it, you know. Allie, um, take us through your, you know, your experience. I know you just touched on it, but is there anything else you want to kind of add for your story? Were you guys trying? I would say at that time, uh, we, it was like, a we weren't preventing it and we were just like going with the flow, you know? So like, if we got pregnant, cool. If we didn't, cool. Um, but I remember, I remember it was, um, it was what was it, a Friday when Mallory called and told me that they were on their way to <laughs> tell everybody. And I remember her FaceTiming me and telling me. And I remember, you know, sitting on the on FaceTime in the living room while she was telling everybody else. And we were so excited. And we're like, wow, like, like, maybe like we are ready to like start a family. And then sure as shit, a week later, we found out we were pregnant. And I remember calling Mallory. And I was like, oh, my God, like, we're pregnant. Like, and she was like, oh, my God. And I just remember that moment. And it was so cool. And we're like, we're going to be pregnant together. And it was so exciting. And then it was a week later that I started to bleed. And I remember that day after I had, I think I just texted Mallory just saying like, hey, like, I'm having a miscarriage. You know, I'm going to pause you right there and just tell you that being pregnant in that moment and someone telling me that they're having a miscarriage, I didn't know what to say. So I have been that person. Right. I have been that person. And experience it has given me the 
the, you know, the wisdom to be there for people. So. Yeah, I will say the same. Yeah. Having it happen to me now, I knew what does it happen? You know, like I said, it happened a week later, but then, you know, a few few weeks later happened to you. And I remember, yeah, I remember that. And I just remember just like (laughs) breaking down and just now she knows how I feel, unfortunately. And and part of me was like, felt kind of selfish because I'm like, you know, now I'm not alone and I I have Mallory to go through it with. But then I just remember being so sad. Like, how is it possible for two people, you know, in the same family to have this happen to? Um, and I remember like our whole family is like, you know, your fam and your husband's and mine and my husband's and, you know, our husband's are cousins. So, you know, that whole fam was grieving, you know, times two. And you know, it was, um, I will say I'm super, you know, thankful that I did have you at that time. And I remember us joking all the time, like, how are these like crackheads out on the street, like having babies? And we want babies so bad. And it's just, and I just will forever, you know, hold that with me just having Mm -hmm. you there. And, and, you know, having that journey of, you know, us Mm -hmm. going through that together. And, you know, and unfortunately happened to you, you know, a couple more times and you know every single time my heart would break and thankfully it didn't happen to me again but I just you know going through it myself and you know having you and learning what to say and things not to say and it's a journey in itself it was um right right it is and not a journey that anyone um, wants to go through and I wish you know anyone else but so let's start with what are the things that you definitely shouldn't say. Why don't we start there? What are some of the other things that you guys have been told that just really hurt or were not helpful that people commonly think are good things to say? I feel like people commonly think that if this happens one time, oh, then your next one will result in a person. 100%. And I I had someone say that to me like, oh, like, you know, happened one time and chances are it's going to happen again. Like, thank you so much. Fuck off. Like, (laughs) But it doesn't, it doesn't take away the amount of anxiety that you have when you find out you're pregnant, because now you're on your toes, you're walking on complete eggshells. And it's almost like you're not even excited at this point, you're just terrified. So it sucks out the joy and the entire entire pregnancy. um, And the fear of possibly still losing the baby up until the day you birth it. Um, yeah, and yeah, the it was meant to be. um, There was and then you got a lot of like, oh, like, well, what happened? Like, I'm sorry. Like, do you want to like, do you want to call him? Like, I don't really know. I couldn't tell you. That kind of shocks me because I feel sitting on the outside. If I heard that, they think like, oh, what'd you do? Like slip and fall or something like that's that's not how the majority of most miscarriages happen. Right. Yeah. I just it kind of put it makes you feel like well, shit, like, what did I do when damn well, you know, it has nothing to do with you, but like, or something you did or something you ate or something, you know, like you said, you fell or something. And it just kind of makes you feel like, well, fuck, like, Mm -hmm. what did I do? Like, what, what could I have done differently? And it's, that's not even the case at all. And, and I just wanted more so the outreach of, I love you. I'm thinking of you. Like, Mm -hmm. is there anything you need? I love you for saying that, you know, like I, that's what I need right now. I, and I just, 
I just wanted someone to, you know, just call. And people did, you know, and they definitely did call, check in and let let me know. But let me know I love you. But it was a lot of other people that just didn't know what to say. And it just, you know, what do you, when someone just says, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Thank you. Like, what do you say back? You know, kind of put. Yeah, but some people didn't even say that. <laughs> and it's just something that like, it's like unspoken, like it's awkward and they don't know what to say. So they choose not to say anything and then they just ignore it. And you're like you know, in pain over here and, um, you know, just, just even being acknowledged, I guess. I agree with that. And, you know, for me, and I, I'm pretty sure same way for you, um, Mallory, like it helped us talking about it. It helped others like, and I'm not saying I want you to like say like questions, but when I bring it up, you know, it's okay to talk about it with me. And even if you brought it up to me later on, but it helps me process. It helps me move forward. It helps me know that, you know, you understand what I'm going through. It helps, you know, just talking about my feelings. And um, that that would say is pretty huge. When someone's venting to you about something like that and something so, you know, like dark and that can be, you know, so consuming and just being that listening ear and just saying, you know, you at that time, you know, if you want to say, I'm so sorry for your loss and is there anything I can do for you versus just putting that, I'm, I'm so sorry. So you're kind of saying that you need a little bit more than that. Like the acknowledgement is great, but then give a little more love Yeah, is kind of the way to go. I wouldn't say like more love. I would just say like, don't end it there. Like continue to check on your friends because they're not okay. Sorry. That's what I meant by more love. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely more checking in. And I mean, it was, it was a while. I mean, I'm sure it was for you, but a while, like it was until we, you know, got pregnant with my, and even after I got pregnant with my daughter that I was so afraid, you know, every day and crying every day and wondering, is this, am I ever going to get a chance to be a mom? All those things happen on people around you getting pregnant. You're like, well, it's never going to happen for me. And, you know, that constant reoccurring, like slap in the face on, you know, social media or by friends or, you know, people who, you know, obviously may not have forgotten that it happened to you, but maybe aren't so like sensitive to yeah, it happening to you. there's definitely a lot of like Facebook, you know, every, everyone's getting pregnant around you, but no one talks about the loss. So I remember I posted on Facebook, this is the first time I ever mentioned anything, but I think it was pregnancy loss awareness day or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I feel like the world, I feel like the world deserves to know. And my baby deserves to know that my baby did exist. At one point. So I posted all the pictures, all the happy pictures. And I just wanted to show everyone, you know, the happiest day of our lives was finding out and telling everyone and everyone's reaction and how much love we got. And I just wanted to share that. And I, you know, I remember mentioning it that, you know, if anyone else is going through this, you are not alone. Um, And I remember, uh, very distinctly because I will never forget. And this is why I still continue to talk about it is someone posted on it. Thank you for talking about this because my husband and I have been dealing with infertility for years. And I didn't know that, you know, she's probably watching everyone get pregnant on her Facebook and infertility is a whole nother ball game that I don't know about. I mean, at least I knew I could get pregnant. I'm pretty sure everyone looked at me and my husband and thought, oh, you guys have been together for 16 years. When when are you going to finally have a baby? Well, when I can. <laughs> or when are you going to get pregnant? 
or, oh, don't you want a child? Well, yes, of course I want a child. Not of course. I I know other people don't, but for me, I had always wanted a child and Mm -hmm. talked about it. And, you know, that was always the questions we got was, you know, oh, aren't you going to make us grandparents someday? Or, oh, I hope I'm alive to see our grandchildren or, you know, oh, you need to have a baby so our babies can grow up together. Well, yes, I want that too. I want them more than anything, but you know, it's right now it's just not happening. And, um, you know, that I struggled with, we were very blessed because, you know, our parents never pressured us in that Mm -hmm. aspect. We never felt pressure from our parents or our family, but I, I know that there was extended family apparently asking questions that our family members had to dodge for us. And it was, you know, people assume just because you don't have a child and you've been together so long that you don't want them or what are you waiting for? Oh, you better use it before you lose it. Yeah. Thanks. You know, that, that's just great. Like, (laughs) well, even if you didn't want them, you know, like who, like that shouldn't be, you know, up to them. Even if you didn't want kids, like so fucking be it. And I hate when people pressure other people to make them feel as though you should have them, even though people out there literally could give a rat's ass if they had a child or not. And that is okay. That's completely fine. But the pressure that people put on other people to do that is so fucking wild. I feel like especially a a female that doesn't want to have a child for whatever their reason is, I feel like they almost feel the most pressure Mm -hmm. because of society and everyone around them. And that's, that's a whole nother ball game. Um, Now I, I have the hardest question to ask you guys you know, we're all in that period where we're having children and you experience a loss and one of your friends or family members gets pregnant. Now, obviously the person hopefully is conscious about, oh my gosh, I I don't want, you know, her to feel terrible or not want to be around me or whatever. But how do you navigate that situation and what's best for even the person that got pregnant to say so I um I I feel really passionate about this because that was very hard for me I dealt with a lot of um you know anxiety and depression afterwards severe depression um and I was seeing a therapist um right before I got pregnant with Luke So I was seeing a therapist and she's mentioned something to me about, you know, and I've always said, I'm very, I'm very happy for other people. I'm very excited for them. I absolutely love that this is happening for them, but I'm just sad for me because I don't know why it's happening for me. Um, but I was told by this therapist that you need to do what's best for you. And if being around someone who's pregnant triggers you, stay away from your, you know, stay away from triggers. It's not that you don't want to be around, but it's just, you're working on yourself. You're working on your mental health and you're trying to get better. So don't, you know, tear everything down because even you can put on this show. I remember I was at work and this girl was having a baby and I was just after I had my second miscarriage and they're throwing a baby shower for her in the break room. 
and I was I, I bought her a gift she opened the gift she was so you know everyone is around just so joyful and everything and I was just in the back just you know trying to put a smile on but broken inside um so I had to leave and I just went back to work but I'll still be there I'll you know I'll get you a gift it's just it's it's almost like you build up this this mindset in your mind. It's like, okay, I'm getting better. I'm healing. I'm, I'm mentally healing because mental health is something that, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, it's so beyond me, but I also think it's the most important kind of health. Um, so that it was hard for me because I suffered from, you know, this depression for years and it wasn't until I broke down and I just was like, I'm, I need to feel better. I need, this isn't going to happen. I can't live my life like this. So that's when I got on like medicine and therapy and everything. And good for you. But I also, um, started my job at women's hospital and that. So then you were around pregnant women all the time. So you almost immersed yourself. I did. I immersed myself. And I think that it was the best thing I could have done for myself too, because I learned how to, physically be happy for not that I'm not happy for other people but I can genuinely feel not sad inside after I see someone but I I genuinely feel happy for someone um having a baby and that was the most grateful feeling ever that's wonderful I think that's um I think it's it's important for people to understand that everybody grieves differently and their absence doesn't mean they don't like you, don't want to be around you for personal shit. I think that it takes, you know, time like to apply yourself and realize, you know, Hey, they're, yeah. they're grieving. And, you know, and a lot of people, let's not judge whether they grieve. Right. And I, um, I think a lot of people don't think about the husband and, you know, maybe the, obviously the husband's grieving right along with, you know, the mother, you know, wife. And I think that that acknowledgement that they are a unit, they did, in fact, lose, you know, a child. And, you know, people who may not have gone through that may not understand or realize what that grieving process feels like, even a smidge. It's not personal. And it's it's for the benefit of that person. And I think that that's huge. And being a part of someone's life that has gone through a miscarriage. And, and I think, that with time they'll come they'll come around but in their own time and like I said just being a part of their life as much as you can just letting them know you're there is is huge Mm -hmm. I want to I want to circle right back around to where I um I got my job so I not only got to be excited and learn how to be internally joyful with my patients about having a baby even though I wasn't pregnant even though I was still struggling um but I also learn to become the nurse that I always wanted that I I learned to become the nurse that I wanted to have in the moment where I was having my miscarriage because then I had patients just like me um who were coming in because they didn't find a heartbeat and it was hard for them to process um the first patient that I ever had was bawling her eyes out um and asking, you know, was it something that ate? Was it something that I did? And I remember feeling all of those feelings. Yes, and it's it's hard not to blame yourself. Yeah, absolutely. But the nurse, so the way that the women's hospital that I work at now, 
they, I mean, the way that the nurse that was precepting me in the moment, the way that she talked to this patient, the way that she, um, you know, was there for this patient, the words that came out of her mouth to this patient was nothing that I ever received. Um, the, you know, the sympathy was something that I never got. So I actually stayed behind the curtain. I just listened, but I bawled. It was like my a first week on the job and I had to leave because I could not hold myself together. And I was like, nobody told me that. And that's, that you know, is so, so unfortunate no, and so lonely and so hard Mm-mm. to be broken and be alone. Yeah, absolutely. And alone and feeling like this isn't happening to everyone else. And I'm able to be that nurse now that looks at someone in the eye and says, you are not alone. This happened to me. I've you know, been there. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying I, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking away everything, anything that everything that you're going through right now, but just know that you're not alone. You know, from experience, this, this is very isolating. And I've had a couple dads cry before too. And we are going to have an episode with the dads come on. It's unfortunate for our male counterparts that, you know, they also, go through anxiety and postpartum mental issues and also loss and grieving. And we are going to have our husbands on in a future episode, kind of spilling their guts (laughs) and having a a daddy rant session. (laughs) I just want to commend you both. It is so brave of you to be so vulnerable. And I thank you both for talking about it and especially speaking out on behalf of everyone that has had a miscarriage and has needed the right words be said to them. And for you to share that with us today as someone who doesn't know from experience how to do that. And I think all around, you know, it's, it's been very beneficial and, very brave. And I thank you both. I think it's important to talk about. And I think, um, I think more people should, you know, if they're comfortable, share their stories and, and should definitely be more talked about for those. So they don't feel like they're suffering, you know, alone. So I feel like sharing is part of a healing process. Yeah, too. Absolutely. Definitely for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you both for sharing your stories of your angel babies with us and your grief and your process and how you are continuing to move forward. And join us next week for a much more upbeat episode because we're going to have to shake things up after this serious note. Absolutely. (laughs) It's been a damper, (laughs) but important. Hey, there's, there's no one else I'd rather sit in a dark hole with than you guys. So if you like what you're listening to, please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And for this week, that's Mama Rants. Bye.